1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a
0: reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30 megabit to get 30 megabit to get 20, 20, 20 to get 20, 20 megabit get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15
1: bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: who gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Hart now going past one man, finding Wagstaff, Wagstaff
0: turning well, setting up Chilton! Thank you for joining us on the latest episode of the To Hull and Bop Back podcast with me, out and we have Nathaniel and Antan. It's great to speak to you again, buddy, a few weeks off, but it's nice to finally have you back on the show. I feel like I've took your place these last few weeks.
2: <laughs> it's fine by me, trust me. Uh, it makes my life easier. Now I've been, uh, I've had a busy work schedule. Um, I'm on a new work rota, so the days that we usually record on mean that I've now got to do like alternate swaps on, so it's been hard to get on, but it's good to be on um, and it was good to get you on because... Um, I think from the last two episodes that I've actually watched as a listener, it's been a really good listen, so uh, thanks for joining us. No
0: worries, it's an absolute pleasure. Nathaniel, how are you doing, buddy?
3: I'm um, fine, except my foot hurts really badly. Oh, what have you done? Uh, basically, someone kicked me. Oh. <laughs> so, well, you, yeah. d- you
2: don't need your feet for podcasting, so you should be no, well, tell this me is it an exercise, it's bad
3: for you.
0: you. So it was exercise, what was you doing, a bit of a run?
3: Uh, sole. I was doing futsal, so well, I made someone kicked. Perfect.
0: me. Perfect example why you shouldn't bother, mate. So, guys, we have got a new sponsor. So, obviously, we're still sponsored by Six Yards Out. So, they're a retro website. You can follow them on our link tree. Um, Really good website, top quality, affordable retro gear, mugs, and all them for Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day is coming up. So, perfect opportunity there. But we're also sponsored by a new business in hull called candy king aren't we and obviously if you show your little sweet thing that you showed me oh, earlier candy yeah. king are on facebook and instagram they are going to get on twitter soon but as you can see and my very glamorous assistants holding up so they're just a local business out of the buddy. that obviously they do different kilograms of sweets they're delivering um, hull in the local area but it's great to have them on board another sponsor joining the to hull and Back <laughs> podcast
2: it is yeah because
0: um i know the two that run it they called
2: gavin and troy that they, they live in east also it's a whole based business they've only just recently launched and um for us to be able to use our platform to help sort of launch them and 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 sort of help customers find out that they're about that they're going and, and try and build some sort of uh, you know trust in, because these kind of businesses there's a lot of sweet businesses about in there let's be honest yeah. so um do give them a try because um we don't want to eat them all because um I'm putting weight on, so if somebody else needs to buy all the tweets before I do. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to, have, to be able to support them mutually. it's um it's it's a delight because obviously um we want to support local businesses if we can, whether it
0: being the whole city podcast it, it makes sense. so check them out if you can. Yeah, definitely. So, remember, follow Candy King and Six Yards Out. And remember, our podcast charity share is designed by um, S66 Sportswear. You can follow them on Twitter as well. If you pre-order now, you play effects, £5, £7.50. Goes to Andy Man's charity, which is a local charity promoting mental health and well-being in the local area. And we've got some good stuff coming up with them, guys. So um, stay tuned for that. And And as well, we're trying to branch out. We're trying to do a bit more things. And we've started our own newsletter. So if you're watching now on YouTube, I've changed the banner. So that's where on Get Review, you can follow our profile. It's just another way to interact in it with the fans, and we found it really useful because then people keep getting updated. If anything's happened, we don't have to say it all the time. We don't have to promote it. If you have that weekly newsletter, it just keeps us interactive with the fans, and I think that's what you need to do with these podcasts now, don't you? The more content and the more stuff we do, we're obviously we were going to, when we we're recording this. It's not live, but later on it's going to be on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and that's a way just to get us out there in it because we're competing with so many. But if we're out there on social media, it's so big nowadays and the more content we do i'm probably the bigger and better we're going to become
2: yeah definitely i think if you're you know if you're a listener of a podcast you want to feel like you're involved in in, in any way you can be and i mean to be fair we've um we recruited you and then <laughs> i messaged i messaged joe in the chat and said i'm going to steal a few of his ideas because the red robins <laughs> podcast if anybody listens to it is very successful in the way it's doing and um everybody that interacts with it seems to love the podcast so if we can take a leaf out of your book, and um, mm-hmm. help incorporate some of them features into what we do. It'll help you guys listening to us stay um, in, in the loop with what we're doing, um, upcoming things that we're doing, uh, any you know podcast-related news, like, for example, uh, a bit on the new sponsors' websites and things like that. So it helps sort of you just, just feel like you're part of us because, you know, we don't do this for the fun of it. It's it, it's literally what we, we, we want to talk about our football club and you guys mm-hmm. want to listen to us talk about the football club. So if you can have an easier way to, to keep in touch with us and, and, and up-to-date with what we're doing, then it only ex- it increases your experience as a listener with, with, with our podcast, which
0: um, obviously is a is a good thing. Absolutely. So get following us, guys, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, retweet and share and mention that the Hull and Bat podcast is expanding. We've got two games to talk about. And we've obviously got the QPR game to preview this weekend, but we'll go back to last Saturday. The league leaders, the best team in the league, who are probably going to be playing the Premier League next year with the best striker in the league, Alexandra Mitrovic. It was always going to go one way. But I thought we did a decent account of ourselves. Nathaniel, I'll come to you first, buddy. Obviously, City losing out 1-0, So, Fulham, I think when we previewed it, we thought, and especially the other lads, Joel and Willow, come on the podcast, we thought if we get a draw, if we become close to this team, we'll take it as a bonus. From that Derby game and that Preston game, the lacklustre effort there, you take it against the champions probably in a few months' time. And that's definitely a result Shorter and the lads could be proud of because I thought we played really well, all things considering.
3: Yeah, um, I think, especially because of how how many goals we could have conceded against Derby. It could have been four or five or more, maybe. Um, and Eber Soleil especially, he, he cut us to ribbons. But uh, um, that didn't really happen against Fulham. Uh, we limited them to just a few chances. And we definitely could have done much better with the goal. But, you know, sometimes, well, they've scored seven away from home twice this season. So for them to come down to a team, you know, us uh, lower in the division, and, and you know, it'd be quite an even game. And if we'd taken our few chances, which we did have, you know, it could have been different. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it was it's much better than the Preston and Derby performances, I thought. And we looked a bit more secure defensively, and we carried that across to the Sheffield United game. That maybe it's because uh, Shotter uh, uh, the team are now playing in his preferred uh, lineup or formation have you know fraught the back and four three three. So yeah, I think one nil against Fulham, we shouldn't be too uh, uh humiliated by that, I don't think. Uh yeah. it would have been nice to get something, but um yeah, I think many teams will and uh, have already done, you know, much, much worse.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, the Tigers lined up with Ingram um, in goal, the four-back of Louis Coyle, Sean McLaughlin, Jacob Grease and Brandon Fleming, Ryan Longman, Richie Smallwood, Regan Slater, KLP, Honeyman and Marcus Force. And, I mean, a long, long way away, probably in the bigger picture of things, if Hull City wants to be the likes of Fulham and we want to be up there, you look at their team and you look at even their back four, you've got Nico Williams, an international on loan from Liverpool, Tozin Adebayo, who played for Man City. Tim Ream and Robinson, who were American internationals. Mitrovic, Carvalho, Harry Wilson, formerly of Hull City. As good as they are that's probably an indication that the lads who were playing, the young lads for us, Longman, KLP, Greaves, everyone involved in the club, that's the benchmark, isn't it? And to come one away, just one goal, getting beat by them. I mean, you look at the stats and I think stats don't mean loads, but the possession was only 47-53. We nearly matched them for shots on target. And looking at the bigger picture, we wasted a few opportunities. We could have easily come away from it a draw, but a really good benchmark. And I think for sure to have a lads-y, he knows the standard, what the Championship is now, because Fulham, they're technically a Prem team, you know, they'd give a bottom, the bottom half of the Prem are running easily.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're the typical yo-yo club, aren't they? They, just, they yeah. go up and back down and then, you know... They're, they're just the parachute payments. Yeah, just sort of re- rekindle that money. And it, it allows them, the likes of Fulham, especially being in, a, in an area like London, to 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 lure in a higher quality of players. And they'll probably bounce up and down between... Uh, the Prem and the Championship till they find a formula that works and stay up there. And obviously, Marco Silva, we know is a very good um, manager in terms of playing uh, attacking football, short passing and a high te- high tempo kind of football that we wanted to see kind of thing. Well, McCann said he was going to try and play that we didn't really see often enough. Um, but for us, yeah, like you say, we've got a very young team and, and a team that have played You know, well, very inexperienced in the championship level, but from League Two to League One, like look at Jacob Greaves, he was League Two a couple of seasons ago, League One with us last season, now he's in the championship. Uh, KLP was thrown in at the deep end with us in that second half of the season um, where we got relegated under McCann, but then last season had a good. Good year uh sort of a little turbulent around christmas time with the whole contract debacle thing and being dropped because if he played another game or something like that he, he got more money mm-hmm. um but then as soon as he was back in the squad he found his feet again and then he's hit the hit the ground running this season is is is, is, is on fire and um, you got to look at these players and think you know playing against the likes of Fulham, playing against players that are, that are trained with premier league teams top premier league teams like liverpool international squads they've got that experience. It's going to build our experience. So if we're going to want to build uh, this this vision that Ajin and Schotter have got about being, you know, playoff contenders in the next year or two, then a season like this, playing against teams like Fulham, is going to give them that. And and KLP is on on definitely on a on a route where he's improving every season. Greaves started the season a little bit wobbly, but he's getting better and better as the season goes on. And it's just one of these things, isn't it, where, you know, the right mix of, of experience and, and, and the youngsters in this current squad and, and we could be onto something special next season.
0: I really hope so, and I mean, we'll speak about the Sheffield United game soon, and obviously it was unchanged, but Nathaniel, I think talking about Fulham, there were some very good individual performances, I mean, who stood out for you? I mean, one bright spark, and we keep mentioning him, and we're going to probably mention it again from last night, he's Brandon Fleming, I thought he coped really well with Alex of Harry Wilson, Carvalho, you know, them kids on the transfer window, they left £20 million each then, they're on big, big money, and I know it's not all about money, and... Some people don't justify the wage, but like we've already mentioned, the likes of these young players playing against these top quality opposition who were probably aren't going to be in the same division as us next year is really beneficial. And I think we're growing, even though we're not picking up these wins under the Shorter at the minute, and sometimes we are still a bit inconsistent. Individually, I think you're seeing the best out of some people who you didn't see under Grant McCann, Brandon Fleming definitely being one of them.
3: Well, yeah, I think Fleming—he's uh, really taken taken his chance, you know, with how many or uh, fullbacks injured at the moment, and that sort of thing, and one more now with Coyle uh, after the Sheffield United game. He's really taken his opportunity, and that's great to see. And he could be another, uh, you know, player in the summer or soon, uh, in the next year or so. That you know might even go up a league or get a big move to maybe a higher Championship club. Uh, like greaves or lewis potter being linked with so um you know uh, I, I think i've said it on the last two podcast episodes that you know it's really great to see these academy players come through and hopefully that continues because um, the, the problem with bringing through these good young english academy players that will be worth so much is that then they'll leave uh, and then you have to replace them yeah. so um if they weren't so good it wouldn't be an issue uh yeah, I think uh, he was great against Fulham and, uh, on uh Tuesday night as well. And um I think Ingram uh he should do, he he deserves some credit as well, I think, because you know, it's difficult when especially in his situation where he was doing so well uh before he was dropped for Baxter and might have felt a bit uh, you know, disappointed that he was dropped, but he's come back in. He's been really professional. He's put in some really top performances against some good sides. So um It wasn't a clean sheet, but, uh, you know, clearly it's really great to have two uh, quality goalkeepers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we and we obviously we haven't spoke since I've joined the podcast, but I think what we said we're missing probably with Baxter. You don't realize his presence in you know in, in between the sticks, and I think his communication. Ingram again, we'll speak about last night soon, but he is is a decent keeper, isn't he? and I mean, we didn't expect to sign a keeper on loan this when we got promoted. We thought Ingram would be a shoe in for that number one spot again, but I think Nathan Baxter, just speaking to me and you know, us free now. I'd love to see that make permanent. When we discuss the transfer deadline there, you. Can can't see Baxter playing for Chelsea ever. They've still got about five keepers in front of him and about seven mm. seven on loan in the under twenty three. The
3: team. new loan rule, I think it'll yeah. be that actually benefit us a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, under yeah hundred percent, mate. Because I think they they'll still try and get rid of Kepper, but they've got a lot of keepers in their under twenty three system as well. And I'd love to see Baxter stay permanent. Obviously, he's missed the past few games. We're hoping to see him back soon. But I think you don't realize what a good keeper he is, and I think he makes our defense a bit more stable as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing is with goalkeepers is they say they don't really reach their prime until they get like to their late 20s, 30s. Uh, Nathan Baxter's only what, 23, 24? Early 20s, something like that. So he's at a stage in his career, and I've said this since we signed him on loan, that, you know, he he doesn't really want to be the kind of player that's getting sent out on loan all the time, that this is the time of his career now where he needs to be finding somewhere to Mm -hmm. settle in permanently to, to gain that you know, experience and 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 confidence to, that he's in a you know secure surroundings that for the next two or three years he, he knows what he's doing, what his role is, um, instead of just being shipped out to different places all the time. But we know what Chelsea do. They you know they've got a load of youngsters coming through and then they they, they loan them out loads of times then sell them and they sort of make money through it. But Baxter I think is is now probably at that stage where they will be looking to offload him. Like you say, they've got plenty of keepers. They, they're not going to play him uh, you can't well they might do but you, at the moment you can't really see it with with the kill cool goalkeepers they've got at their expo- uh, disposal at the minute um so yeah definitely i'm, I'm you know he's, he's one for the for the future if we have him for the next five or six years and, and he gets better every season then we're mm. going to have a cracking keeper aren't we and, and the thing is with ingram is he's he's, he's, he's an, a number one contender as well really so mm. if you've got two keepers like ingram and uh baxter in your squad the the both fairly capable of being the first choice goalkeeper, rather than having like a strongest one and an okay lineup behind him. Uh, you've got two that are fully competing and pushing each other to to bring the best out of each other. So in the long term, it's only going to benefit us um, uh,
0: definitely for the future. I think working with Harvey Cartwright as well, we haven't mentioned him. He's obviously our number three, technically our third choice keeper, but he's played at Gainsborough and he's had a bit of experience in the Papa John's last season and stuff. But I think, I, I think him working alongside them too, I know Ingram's not the youngest, but we have still got a young set of keepers. And I think if they can work together for the next few years, again, the way modern football's playing and the way playing out the back, how structured you're trying to be in your defence, the keeping role's probably never been as important as it is now. I don't know if any of you agrees. You look at the last 20, 30 years, very old style keepers who just do the job and save and kick the ball as far as they can. Whereas now, they're another outfield player. You look at the way Man City play and I'm not comparing us to that, but um, the way Edison plays, literally, he's a defender, the way he plays. And I think that's what the modern game's changing. And I'm looking forward to seeing how well keepers develop.
2: Yeah. I think if you're looking at, you know, whatever style of football you're wanting to play, will depend on what kind of goalkeeper you want. And I think, from what they've been saying and from what we've seen, you know, occasionally in games at the moment, is we want to be able to be comfortable playing out from the back. So, if teams are going to press you high because they know you're doing that, then your goalkeeper does need to be able to to be comfortable on the ball and be able to play, pass it either side. You've got to have confidence in him to do that. So, and um, yeah, like you say, if, if, if Baxter's shown that he's pretty good at that, um, Ingram hasn't really given us any any reason to um, to doubt his ability to do that either um so hopefully you know the likes of Cartwright when they're in training because that to me um I don't know if he, anybody else agrees with this but Ingram and Baxter are two very very different goalkeepers to me like you know they've got very different qualities and they offer the team something different so you know you want to be looking at Cartwright maybe in training taking the best from both because mm-hmm. you know maybe Ingram's a very good shot stopper but maybe he doesn't command his area as much as Baxter no. does you know and Baxter maybe gives his defense a bit more confidence so if you could merge them two and You know, in the future, I have Harvey Cartwright as your number two behind uh, the likes of Baxter. Maybe say we've got him seven years down the line. Then, um, you know, you've got another good goalkeeper coming up through the ranks. Another local academy-based one as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if any of you guys are listening, drop us in the comments who you'd start once they are both fit. So, obviously, Hull City losing 1-0 to the league leaders Fulham. A very valiant effort as we moved on to the Yorkshire Derby at Bramall Lane, which was obviously last night when we were recording this Tuesday, the 15th of Feb. A 0-0 draw, a very entertaining 0-0 draw, and we'll discuss it in detail. Nathaniel, I'll come to you first before we discuss probably how much we did get dominated. And let's be honest, we do you know very backs against the wall's performance coming away with a draw. We was quite happy in the group chat, weren't we, to do that?
3: Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, it's it's good to get a clean sheet against um, a big team like that, who, you know, uh, at the start of the season, everyone thought they'd go up easily with the, um, especially the forward options they've got. They've spent maybe 50 million on strikers or something like that. and although, uh, yeah, they did dominate us, they had a lot more of the ball, uh, expected goals were, were was much higher, but they didn't actually have that many shots on target. So um, clearly, you know, we got a lot of good blocks in and um, if they did have a chance, uh, it wasn't an obvious one. So um, it would have been nice to score because we haven't scored this week. But um, defensively, uh, I don't think defensively that's been our problem this year. Um, I mean, looking at the uh, goals conceded and the clean sheets we've had, I think we're 12th in both of those statistics, which is good for where we are in the league, which is 20th, right? Um, yeah. So it's just the forward options that we need to you know, improve. But yeah, uh, before the game, I would have taken a draw and glad we got one.
0: Yeah, I think it started a bit sourly, didn't it, when obviously Louis Coyle went off injured and it's another full-back, wing-back, whatever you want to call it. It's another injury and I think we're talking about the young kids. I think it was Baz Cooper who said, or I don't know, remember who it was, said about maybe Tom Nixon from the under-23s who's been playing really well at right-back. We could see him at QPR. But the more injuries we get and we're bringing Callum Elder on, I think there was a, f- a stat where it said, I'll bat four or left-footed. It might yeah, be the maybe. first time ever in history. and maybe. As much as it's as much as we still can cover it, it's going into the back end here, we don't want to start picking up injuries. You know, We haven't seen enough of Syedem and Minesh yet. We have got a few niggles throughout the squad and we always say about our squad depth, automatically you're missing about four or five players still. So not worrying times yet, but very upsetting for, you know, for Louis Coyle for coming back in the squad and <coughs> a lot of people have been his critics, but even still, he's still our player and it's sad to see him sidelined for what could be another month.
2: Yeah, I think more so because... It's obvious that Schotter wants to play a four-three-three system, so he yeah. needs his back four. And now, obviously, Coyle being injured and not really having any information on Emmanuel and, and the length of time that he's going to be out for means that we again don't have another fit senior um, right back available to, to play that for at the back. Unless you're going to play, you know, someone out of position, which I don't think he's really going to want to do. Um, but yeah, like you say, Coyle, I was I was happy for him. Obviously, it's good now that he's injured because you know against Derby we played that three-three at the back system again. We use Coyle as the, the, the wing back, and I myself, you know, didn't think he had the best game. And, I, and none of them did really. But no. I don't think Coyle suits that wing back role. So the fact that we went back to a four-three-three three, and he looked far better in you know the performances that he had from that point um shows you that he's a very good right back because we know he was last season. Um, and now that he's injured, it means that he's not going to gain his momentum again because he'd have, he'd been out for a while anyway. And I think um, I just listened to Shota's, um interview about him uh, with Bernsey after the game, and you know he, he was saying the same thing. You know he's, he's had a length of time out. He's come back into the squad, started to find his groove again, and now he's back out again for a few weeks. And it's frustrating for a player like Coyle because you know he, every time he goes on the pitch, he he plays his art out. Um, he he's one of those that will that'll leave everything on the pitch for the cause. You know another local old lad. He he wants to play well for us. So. Yeah, it is it's a bit frustrating because I mean, especially from a fan's perspective at the minute, because I don't think we're still seeing what, you know, our strongest side is or, yeah. or or what shot is looking for from the squad. And then now that we're getting to a point where it's looking like we can find that, um, we're getting injuries again and you know, new signings coming in and getting a couple of niggles, and it's we feel like we're still waiting kind of thing, you know, to, to see what what we're going to be experiencing as as, as the shotter or Hull City. So It just means that it's been extended a bit longer. We've got to wait a little bit more to see um, the full scale of what he wants
0: us to do. Yeah, Nathaniel, I'll come to you first before I ask you one. I mean, I don't. we talk about formation and under Grant McCann, if you mentioned 4-3-3, you'd be going spineless, he's scared to change it. whereas when short was playing it now, it's like, oh, is this the best system for us? I mean, as good as the point was, you look at the bigger picture, only 29% possession. A big stat for me is the pack a- pass accuracy was only on 65%. I do think our middles are still struggling to create anything. I think as sound as they are, In the leadership role, I think Smallwood is the anchor of this team. And I do think we play better with him in. But I just think we've got to be a little bit... More direct in our passing. Nathaniel, I'll ask you first. I think we only had one shot on target. We was creating chances, but we're getting to the final third. And we're just lacking probably a bit of calm and composure. But I think we've got to improve somewhere. If we're having this 4-3-3 system now, then three midfielders have got to control the middle of the park because we're just not doing it at the moment. And if we look forward to the next three games, you've got QPR on Saturday who are on form and fourth. And then the two biggest games of the year, Peter and Barnsley and Peterborough, you know, if we can pick up two wins out of them, you could be clear sailing for this season. So that's probably where I think we've got to change going into the back half of the season.
3: Yeah, I mean, as I just said, uh, defensively, that's all that's been OK. But we just yeah. need to find a way to score goals. And we had found a way playing with, you know, the three or the five at the back under McCann. We were scoring at quite a consistent rate. But recently, those those chances have sort of dried up um, under Schotter. Um Against Derby and uh, yesterday against Sheffield United, uh, the chances we'd created weren't really good passing moves. They were mo- uh, mostly those sort of long diagonal balls to Lewis Potter to get him in behind. That's where we got our joy um, or our, uh, um, all the chances. So um, we need to find more ways of, of getting chances because although that, that's helpful, we can't rely on Lewis Potter sometimes it did feel like we were just sort of hoping he could come up with something yeah. rather than uh and, and the chances we had were to sort of lucky breaks. so um i mean formation wise i think uh you could play bernard at right back because he certainly got the pace for it and he was sort of playing like that um you know uh as a, a center half going forward anyway but Maybe he doesn't have the um sort of qualities you'd want in a fullback in terms of crossing the ball and that sort of thing. So we might have to go back to three at the back and then maybe we'd get more chances to score. Um and I guess against Bounty and Peterborough, um, you'd be less worried about the defence and you're just more concerned about scoring against them. So maybe maybe not the QPR game, but uh the those two six pointers. Maybe going yeah. through at the back would be a good idea.
0: Yeah, the worry is is isn't it? I think you mentioned there about... We don't know strongest team. We're not cementing a starting eleven. And I think if you keep changing from four-three-three three, to three-five-two, whatever is Shota wants to play, there's no stability and there's no chance mm-hmm. for a team to get used to the structure and the way and learning their individual roles. And you don't want to do it where one week you're playing a totally different system because you're playing a different team. I don't know. It's it's so hard. And there's pros and cons to everything. But at the minute, I think because of the situation with the new owners, the new everything, the new coaching staff, the new assistant and the head coach, I want them to cement their formation, their individual roles, so we can be ready, hopefully, for another championship campaign in a few months' time with an actual show to have a lads team.
2: Yeah, I mean, we knew that there was going to be rotation because it's a very busy month. We've got seven mm-hmm. games, so there's no way you're going to watch the likes of Richie Smallwood last, you know, start every single game this month, for example, but he mm-hmm. is absolutely key to, to the way we play yeah, uh, so if he doesn't play, we tend to struggle and we, we don't really control the midfield. So you've, you've got this sort of like situation where uh, you can't win because you know, especially now with a couple of injuries, like we're saying, impossible system changes and, and unsettling players' tactics kind of thing. But you see, it's weird because I, I know we just mentioned on the last your last question to Nathaniel, but obviously, we would be if McCann was playing 4 3 3, if he'd have gone back to it, it'd have been hung out to dry. Um, but I think we didn't rate that. I know the formation was the same all the time, but I think the, the biggest frustration was that he never changed it up tactically. Mm-hmm. We would set up with the same formation, but we would play it the same way all the time as well. There's different ways to play the 4-3-3 that can work. So hopefully shot us onto something different that can help us be a bit more, you know, potent in attack in that way because McCann's 4-3-3 left us too vulnerable at the back and we weren't creating anything at the same time, which is obviously a formula to lose. The three at the back, I still think suits this squad more with the players that we've got Um you know, you're looking at the defenders that we've got at our disposal: Alfie Jones, Deshaun Bernard, Sean McLaughlin, Jacob Greaves. They're all comfortable on the ball, ball playing centre half. So, more than comfortable to come up the pitch with the ball. Um, I think and being in a back four restricts them a bit um, and sort of limits us in an attacking sense. But like you say, it's, it's you know we're, we're, we're sort of trying to figure out what what was what shot is wanting from the squad. Um, and but we do need to sort of stamp that identity on quite quickly so that you know for the rest of the season the players can get used to it stay in the division and then you know summer recruits whatever comes in um to sort of help hammer that system home next season and a lot of players are now familiar with it and then we can sort of kick on and have a a more promising next season than, than what we've had this year
0: yeah i really hope so and i think the probably the next talking point to we'll go to is the attacking prowess of Hull city and marcus force up front i mean we was in our little chat weren't we and even though he didn't get the support he needed i thought us awesome. night and people will be surprised that i'm saying this i thought we could have brought Eves on a little bit earlier and um, and that's just because of the way we was playing because we was on the counter-attack because we were just putting balls up front it's just frustrating isn't it because we seem to have this good build up play and there's just it's the delivery, it's the final phase at the moment. It is long or okay, KLP having a shot because we're not taking it wide and crossing it in. And I'm just hoping in the next few games we we'll get to see Saider Manesh back, we we'll get to see Marcus Force working his magic because so far, Nathaniel, up front it's not really been great in the show travel at era, apart from that Swansea opening day. But again, like we said, it is early doors. We are not judging anybody yet, but in these next few games, which are vital, we need to put the ball in the back of the net, simple as, and we've got to find a way to do it and we've got to dominate that middle so our attacking three can have more service and hopefully bang the goals in that we most desperately need.
3: Yeah, I mean, just thinking ahead, I think it's those two games against Barnsley Peter are going to be so tense, especially if we're not scoring like three or four goals. Yeah. Um, we might just have to nick them 1-0, but, you know, that could work. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel a bit, I feel a bit sorry for Forsh really, because, you know, he's used to playing um, for Brentford, who create lots and lots of chances uh, when he was in the championship. Um, whereas uh, he's come here and it's com- the complete opposite. Um, we could have brought Eves on or started him, but I don't think it would have made any difference in the last two games because, uh, you know, Eves isn't... Uh, eve does well to hold the ball up but you know as we saw at the right at the right at the end um he messed up a chance um that you know Forch might have scored um uh, late on so you know i don't really think it suits either of them to just uh lump the ball up, up the pitch so uh he could have, could have done better with his chance earlier on but uh, uh he needs better service and hopefully yeah. if uh Sayed Mesh comes back or we change the system or just improve a bit. Um he can get some chances, but I don't really think any any striker playing with that uh tiny amount of the ball no. uh last night would have done much.
2: I think this all comes down to like the system and stuff though again, don't it? Because like, you know, if you compare the Swansea game and the way that we controlled possession, the passing, how incisive we were down either side, um, how threatening we were. And then we didn't really see that again. Uh, we sort of, we, 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 I don't know, we kind of abandoned that um, pass and move that we did against Swansea that, that was so attractive to yeah. watch. I'm not happy
3: people. with the new formation. I think we should uh, go back to the old one.
2: It's it, it, we've we've sort of done what we used to do under McCann, where we want to play out from the back, but our link, our our play isn't fast enough in the middle. We, we don't. We like to pass it across the back four. It goes into the middle, and we get pressed back into our own half, and we start again, and then we end up just hitting it long. And our, our main outlet at the minute is trying to hit it onto the flanks for Lewis Paul or Longman to get in behind. But then once the defenders figure that out, <clears throat> we've got nothing. No. Um, and we end up spending the rest of the game just sort of, you know, hitting it up front and it coming straight back to us, <clears throat> which was a massive problem in the Sheffield United game because you know, we, we, we were looking for an outlet and a way to get out of our half, especially in that second half. And we just, we couldn't, we'd hit the ball away and it would just go straight to a Sheffield United yeah, player. And, yeah. and I mean, yeah. you, you've got to look at the chances we're creating. I think I put in the chat in the last four games, we've only had seven shots on target in yeah. total. Not good
3: you enough. know, we've
2: had two shots on target in the last three games and then one against um, Sheffield United. And, I mean, I know we mentioned, like, you know, Force is new, he's still settling in and finding the system and stuff. But I, I think he's had at least two or three chances to score. He could be on two, two three goals at least already. And the one in the half, when he drilled yeah. it and he just went wide, I thought he could yeah, have scored. Just, then. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that, he, that's he to me, if you're if you're going to play in a system where, you know, your service is, is, is suffocated, you've got to make the most of the ball when you've got it. And... Our biggest Achilles heel this season is missing chances. I mean, even back when McCann was manager, our shots uh, on target ratio to shots that we had and a conversion rate is so poor. And I mean, like, you know, we, we've obviously brought Force in because um, he wants him to be the goal scoring striker that we needed. Because mm-hmm. if you look at our goal scorers, it's Keen Lewis Potter and George Honeyman as the top two. Honeyman's a midfielder, and Keen Lewis Potter played as a wing back for the majority of mm-hmm. his goals. So, you know, you it's obvious where we're, if we had a striker who was, you know, 10 goals or so, we'd be in the, you know, mid table, possibly looking at a playoff push this season. But, you know, I mean, maybe we recruited Tyler Smith to be that as well. And he's not worked out that way. And no, it's it's just, we've got strikers that, that, that don't tend to put the ball in the back of the net. And it's, I'm feeling like force needs to do it sooner rather than later because like Shotter said in his interview, it's all about confidence with forwards and the more chances he misses and the longer he goes without a goal, the the harder it will be for him to, to get that momentum and, and sort of pull us away from the bottom three
0: even further. Yeah, I think as good as the 3 5 2 was when we started playing it, it was it, even though it was Longman and KLP as the wing backs, they did get restricted some games. But because Fleming's come in now, you can play him as the wing back with Longman and push KLP up top. So he's still got that service. Maybe playing him with a force or Sayed Amanesh or Eves, whatever he wants to go. But I think now Brandon coming in and being on form and probably being our star man in these past three or four weeks, he's nailed down for that wing-back spot if we want to revert to that. And I think that gives us probably a bit more dis- defensive structure because as good as KLP was as that wing-back with the attacking threat, let's be honest, he's not a defender, that's not his role. And I think if we do get to see him push up, that could work as well. If he's up there with an out-and-out striker, this could really work. And hopefully, because I'm with you guys, I'd love to see the three five two come back. I just think it suits the way we play. And as much as we was crying out for that, we have got a wing-back now in Brandon Fleming. Or Calumeldo. Yeah. It depends, doesn't it? It's, it's so hard because you don't want to just put players in for players' sake. You know, Kyle Melder isn't yeah. going to go right-back. No, he's a left-back. Do you know what I mean? We, we don't want to fill circle holes with square pegs. Yeah. You see, I'm actually in a minority. I preferred
2: Keane Lewis Potter as a wing-back. I thought yeah. he was a lot more threatening when he's when he's in that position because it gives him the freedom of that flank. With the 3-5-2, it lets us sort of overload the midfield because one of the centre-backs would push up. Um, and obviously, you've got your two forwards. One would drop deeper. And it, let, it gave KLP so much space to cut in. Him and Longman as wing-backs were were very, very dangerous as a pairing because they would have to... It, it, usually, a team would focus on one threat. So, they'd identify KLP as our main threat. They would double up on KLP. But then Longman would have a good game and he would score. And we had that variation and that double sort of pronged attack that we seem to be lacking at the minute. Um in terms of, I don't like KLP up top because I don't think he sees enough of the ball. Um, he's, he's, he's always, you know, he collects the ball with his back to goal, plays another one too. He's trying to get him behind, but we we want to then go out wide and whip it in and he's not going to win them headers. And I don't think you see the best of Keen Lewis Potter through the middle. I, I I do would like to see him out wide. Um, but, you know, me- maybe that would be something to try with the three Have um, You know, Longman and Fleming as the wing-backs. At, at Longman and... Uh, well, no, And you have to drop Longman or Fleming, don't you? It's tough. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You, you don't want to be the manager in this situation because none of them. Fleming, I think, has been our best player since he's come into the squad Um, uh, along the side of, you know, Sean McLaughlin as well. He's been brilliant. But it's it's tough. It's tough. But we need to find a way to score goals because the more we rely on
0: KLP, the, the, the more we're going to struggle in games. Who would you go up top, Nathaniel? If all fits, would you play force and Saed Manech? Would you put Eves? Who would you go if you was sure to have a ladsie?
3: Oh, No idea. It's too no, difficult. It's so hard, isn't um, it?
0: Well, if if it was
3: if it was the front three, then you'd have Lewis Posse, Fosse, and uh, I guess Sayed Manech, maybe, possibly. Um,
0: You're dropping long. You dropping long one. Long, long minute
3: right back. Long minute right back. Obviously. Um, <laughs> what? No, yeah, why not? Uh, well, it depends. That right wing, I, 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 I do think Forch will come good because I think yeah. he's a good, you know, uh, well, I'm going to say he's a good finisher, although he's missed some easy chances, but yes. I think he'll come good. Oh, really, all he all he needs to do is score the winner against Barnsley, Peterborough, uh, Cardiff and Reading when we play them. And, he's and then he can, he's a hero and he can go back to Brentford. Uh, very happy, but... Um, that's all he needs to do. He just needs to get some crucial goals and uh, that, you know, our other strikers wouldn't do. But And if it was the front two, I I agree that you want Lewis Potter like as far back as possible. You could even play him as a goalkeeper because his quality is getting the ball forward. Um, you know, uh, but if he's up front, we haven't got the quality to get the ball to him. Um, so you want him to dribble up the pitch. Uh, so i probably have Fosch and... Um, uh yeah, side mesh maybe, but we don't really know how good he is. We've seen him very briefly, but when he's back, we'll have better options definitely.
2: The one the one player that's gonna suffer in all this is Tom Eaves. And I don't think he deserves yeah. to. Because since we switched to the three five two, and like um, you know, a lot of people knew, and um he w- he's always been better as part of a front two. Mm. Um this this transition back to a four-three three will likely be the transition of Tom Eves out of the club, I think, because he, he, mm. he cannot. I know we we want him to be a hold up striker, but he has too much ground to cover in a four-three three system. He cannot play the lone striker in the middle. Um, we don't see enough of him and we don't get the best out of him. And I just think that you know the club are looking to sort of you know get rid of Eves. And I think it's quite harsh given that you know, since you know January onwards, he's probably been one of our better players and
3: We've been trying to get rid of Eve since we signed him.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I mean. We could have lost Our him in, uh, in in summer and, and January, so but he's still here. And, and I, I just think that you know, he's he's played really well. And if you're going to play with a 3 5 2, he deserves his start for a while at least. Um, because you don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what what side Manesh's position is. I mean, he, is he a winger? Is he a striker? Is he an mid, attacking midfielder? We don't know, do we? So you know when he came on against Derby, he looked very lively and creative. So, but he was coming in sort of from the left hand side, wasn't he? Um, mm. So I don't know. You, you you've got variation. We've got a very versatile squad, which is good. Um, you know, many of them can play different positions, and it's, it gives you room to sort of switch it up a bit. But you don't want to be doing that so late into a season. You you want to, like we said earlier, we we want to have that identity now and that that sort of stamped system that all the players know what the roles is and what they're doing because. It's just unsettling, isn't it? Especially when you brought new players in and they're trying to learn it, and the old players are thinking, "Well, you know, I've played well. Why are I starting?" Because you know, Deshaun Bernard, and you know, Alfie Jones coming into it, and Bernard sort of vanished, and he's been one of our best players. So it's yeah. it's we, we we you know we've got a squad that's capable of of, of good things, and we just we sort of still trying to find a formula that works for us. So it's it's a little frustrating. Um, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for management and the players themselves but definitely as a fan it's painful <laughs>
0: yeah I think one player who had a massive point to prove last night was Regan Slater. He obviously got the start, former Sheffield United player back on permanent now at Hull City after a lone stint in League One. And you put on Twitter that you thought it was superb, and his dad, who was very vocal on Twitter, replied and said he thought it was decent. But obviously, as a dad, he's going to have different opinions. I do think we could have a gem with him. I don't think he's going to set the world alight, but I think a steady midfielder who can control and dictate that play. Obviously, last night was going to be tough for him going back to Bramall Lane after that. You know we the salting for so cheap to us because they obviously didn't see a future in West Yorkshire and um, South Yorkshire, sorry. But I think Regan Slater looked really compact and I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. Again, another young kid. We've got him for the future. And we've got to build around the likes of him, KLP, Greaves. Hopefully they can all stay and we can build a core team around these young English talents. And you never know what could happen. But I'm looking forward to seeing how um, Slater develops because I think he's an absolute steal along with Long, um, Longman as well for the prices. We haven't really spoke to you aren't, since transfer deadline day. But I think them two are obviously stunning how much we actually signed them both for.
2: Oh yeah, absolute bargain. I mean, it's Longman could have if like I spoke to a lot of Brighton fans because I, I sort of I thought I'd you know I'd, i thought I'd go on the wind up and sort of say about um how cheap we got Longman for and how Brighton fans should be gutted kind of thing. And they were all to be fair, none of them none of them were biting and they were all being really nice, which was a little annoying. But they were saying about how much, you know, as 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 a club with Longman, they would have been looking to at least get, you know, four or five million for him. You know, he's a he's a good young attacking English player. Yeah, and uh, the going rates, especially nowadays, um, they usually go for a few million at least. And we've got especially him for, in January. Yeah, yeah, in January as well. So you know, seven hundred and fifty k. And I think there was rumors that Swansea had agreed to five hundred k with him in the, uh, before like us. Five instalments like as well. yeah. But the, the the assumption from their side of things is that they've got a lot of add-ons on. So you know, selling percentages, um, goals, appearances, yeah. and on door of, bonus. And yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm, it, I'm, it's not been reported anywhere which is quite you know makes me think that maybe not but they seem like that maybe the justification for it Regan Slater for 50k though I think is it's basically is, free yeah it is nowadays a football 50k is you know it's like a league 2 si- uh, standard signing isn't it but <laughs> he is he is the perfect complement I think to the uh, Richard Smallwood in midfield so, you know, Richie will do all the breakup play, uh, he'll give it to Slater, and then Slater, because he's quite combative as well. Do you know, like last season when Smallwood got injured and then Jones got injured and we thought, oh, are we going to play in that role? Because Slater sort of struggled when he first came into the side, but he came and made that role his own. And he showed that, you know, he's, he's like a little bulldog. He's got that bit of combat about him, but he's also good at, you know, going forwards. And I think, especially against Sheffield United in the towards the end of the first half, you've seen a... a, a transition part of his game as well where he he collects the ball but he wants to take it forwards which is what docker used to do but has sort of struggled with a bit lately um so maybe it was good for docker to get a bit of a rest and for slater to sort of you know push his levels up a bit but definitely for the future if slater can make himself that all-round midfielder um you know if we've got him five six years same as baxter if he plays and keeps getting better like he is then we've definitely got you know a player that's either going to be a cult hero with us or be sold for a stupid amount of money to a Premier League side. So for us to sign them both for combined under a million pounds is just um, it's brilliant business and, and very good for the side for the rest of this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And before we discuss the QPR game, obviously City picking up a point from Bramall Lane. Nathaniel, was your man of the match before I asked Dan?
3: Uh, I will give my man of the match to Richie Smallwood. Why not? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't think I've given him one uh, in like two years. So, you know, uh, I thought he was really good uh, breaking up the play, and we needed his experience in the middle of the park, and uh, we look much better with him in. So, um, I, I was, I've been wrong about Smallwood all this time. Clearly,
0: yeah. <laughs> And who was your star man? And I just wanted to ask you, Anna, has a City kicked off yet? Because it looked like the second half. That was coming out at half past ten, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Some very bitter people. weren't me
2: on Twitter last night? The World Sheffield United fans were not happy. I mean, I don't know what they expect. I mean, that's what teams do when when yeah. you go into a place like Bramall Lane when it sides in form, littered with Premier League quality like they've got. You know, one of their players is probably their wage bills higher than our annual wage bill so yeah you know you, we were going to go there and fight for a point of course we will that like, we're completely different ends of the table so i don't know what's, what's wrong with them really it's quite interesting though did you see um when who was it who popped over the um the advertising hoarding uh oh, the
3: Sky... two of them wasn't it i think yeah Elder was, uh, and...
2: Ingram was looking over at Elder the yeah. And the Sky commentator suggested that maybe the fans were doing something to him. But apparently the the, the Sheffield United fans in that stand reported that Elder f- flew over the hoardings, but then just stayed laid on the floor. <laughs> so, you know, maybe a, a bit more shithousing from him to, to run yeah.
0: the down. So we love to see it, don't we? You hate oh, it again, but we
2: love to see it. Oh, yeah, um, if
0: that was them doing it towards you, you'd be calling them all the names under the sun. Yeah, no exactly. Um, I think, I, I'll not say the same,
2: I, Smallwood was brilliant, definitely a man of the match contender. Yeah, uh, Brandon Fleming was very good as well. Um, so I'd probably give him mine. Um, I just think as well, Fleming, as well as you know, defensively, I don't think he's the best, but he sort of has this um determination about him that even if the player gets round him, he's going to make up for it and he'll yeah. get back at goal side and and force him back yeah, out. Then, you know, yeah, yeah, so but I think Fleming's a lot better offensively. Um, I think mm-hmm. he'd actually be a good winger. Um, I think his you know, the way he takes players on, his crossing's quite good. Um, his link-up play with midfield and, and the KLP on that side was very good. Um, I just think yeah, he's KLP, very good. Um, Norrington Davis, didn't he, for a few hot dogs? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just think in the last few games, especially in the ones like Derby and Preston where we weren't very good, he was always that sort of shining light. Uh, probably with another notable mention to Sean McLaughlin, who I think has not put a foot wrong since he's been in this side. Um, I, I, I think it's not too, long since, uh, not too far away from a... Uh, an island call up because you know you can't ignore his form since he's coming to the and side. Rubbish,
3: so don't need him,
2: <laughs> yeah. True, uh, I think he's probably been our most consistent center half since coming to the side, and he's he's yeah. undroppable at the moment. You know, you've got Alfie Jones and Bernard that are right footed center halves, and they've they've chosen to put McLaughlin on that side instead. Mm. So I'd give it Fleming, uh, Smallwood probably level, and then McLaughlin just behind,
0: yeah. Same again. But yeah, nil-nil draw. I think we'd have took that point, wouldn't we? And we move on. And we have got a very tough encounter on Saturday in West London. We traveled to Killian Prince Foundation to take on fourth place, Queen's Park Rangers. Lads, they're coming off a 2-0 defeat um with London Derby against Millwall last night, but still Matt Warburton's doing wonders for them, finishing fourth. I mean, they've got a lot of experience in the side. They've still got the likes of Charlie Austin. They've got Jeff Hendrick who the signed from Ben and um, Newcastle, sorry. So they have got you know Rob Dickey. And in centre-back, Marshall in goal. So they've got a lot of old in place, but they've still got a bit of that quality. I love that. What's his name? Well, we're a chair, isn't it? Is it a dying yeah, chair? Nice, yeah. yeah, literally, he's, <clears> and, you know, they're fourth. It's, it's another one of them games, Nathaniel, that you're looking at and going pretty much like the Fulham game. You're looking at the bigger picture of the next two games after this. If we can go nick a point again, you're happy.
3: Uh, yeah, um, before I answer the question, seriously, I'll just repeat a joke uh, I did two years ago. Um, chair, chair, is he the sitting midfielder? Right, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's all we have time for <laughs> Um
3: What was the question again?
0: Like, how are, we, how are we previewing the match at Loftus Road? Or uh, well, I mean,
3: stadium? if we play the same against Sheffield United and, and go for another 0-0 and we get a, a point out of that, I think that would be a good uh, a good result. I mean, Uh, They're not in as good uh, form as Sheffield United because, um, well, they've lost the last last two games. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty much the same as us. Um, Or is it worse than us even? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I mean, if they can lose to Barnsley, then surely we can beat them, right? That's definitely how that works, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's the obvious yeah. Yeah.
3: So um, uh, it would be nice to see a little bit more attacking input, but I think another dumb no no would be a good result.
0: I'd take it, wouldn't you? I mean, we're only 19 points away from fourth, so we're not that far off of QPR at the moment. But no, I think, like we're going to mention, and we'll do it on the next podcast, discussing them two probably cup finals against Barnsley and Peterborough, which are must-wins, in my opinion. You go there on Saturday, if you can nick a point, pretty much when we went to Bournemouth as well, and who would have expected would have left um, the South Coast with three points that day, but I think, looking at this bigger picture and looking at the next few months, if we come away on Saturday with one point, I'd be very happy. But we know what we're going to get. They'll dominate, possession session again it's our midfield cope t- I imagine pretty much the similar gameplay I'd have all gone so I predicted 11 soon but for me again difficult task but like Nathaniel said with our form guard they can get beat they're they're very much the weak link probably in the top six
2: yeah definitely I mean the championships it's our cliche it? in the championship anyone beats anyone don't they so I mean they, they seem to have sort of lost their momentum at the minute and, and this is the kind of opportunity you, you, you want to take advantage of um to, to, coming into such important games, I mean, as City fans, we know we tend to do better against the sides up at the top anyway and then struggle against the ones below us. So, you know, it wouldn't be far beyond the realms of possibility that we, we beat QPR 2 or 3 nil, and then then lose both to Barnsley and Peter Butcher. Oh, don't so, say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, if we can come out of QPR... At least playing well as as the bare minimum, Do you know, like against uh, similar to like a Fulham scenario kind of thing. If we're going to lose, at least make a good fist of it to take confidence into the next game. But yeah, we want to be aiming to, to take a point because I think from the last five, we'd have probably have wanted six or seven points minimum anyway. I think the Preston and Derby games were probably very poor um, by what the management were aiming for. Um, so if we can come out of the QPR game with a point, you, you'd think that you know the squad will be looking at. Peterborough and Barnsley definitely saying, you know, well, we've got more than enough in us to beat them. And if we do, then, you know, it's pretty much us safe, isn't it? Because the yeah. leagues, it's a very strange league this season. I mean, the playoffs, I think any team from like 4th to 15th are in the playoff race, aren't they? Yeah. And then there's like three teams that consist of like us, Cardiff and Swansea that are in no man's land. And then the bottom <laughs> the bottom four that have got like Reading, and better, Jarvie, dreadful. They're just yeah. so far away points-wise that, you know, you're not really that, you're not looking over your shoulder concerned at the minute. So hopefully they see that as an as a next, you know, we're 13 points clear at the minute of Peterborough, mm-hmm. I know they've got a couple of games in hand, but they've got to win them. Um, you see that as a no-pressure situation, so just go there and have a go. I mean, we played well against QPR the first time, didn't we? I know they beat us 3-0, but they, it, was, it was very flattering for them because I thought, yeah. you know, we actually played really well, so... Um, Well, that seems a long time
0: ago, doesn't it? It does,
2: yeah, it does, it does. But yeah, I I think
0: they're there for the taking, go for it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. let's go for it. Right, so let's go on to our starting eleven. I mean, there's a bit of a difference between what we think will be the starting eleven and what we would go. Mm -hmm. But Nathaniel, I'll come to you first. What would you change from the game midweek in Bramall Lane? Obviously, we know Louis Coyle's not going to play, but who would your starting eleven be at this moment in time going into Saturday's clash against QPR?
3: Um, well, I think Schotter will probably go with a four at the back with Elder or Bernard at right back, but I'd want to see the 3 five, 2 back, yeah. so uh, just the same sort of thing as we've seen recently. Uh, the usual or well, Ingram, uh, the usual back three of centre backs. Um, I guess Fleming and midfield of Smallwood, Slater, and Honeyman. Uh, Longman, of course, has got to be in there, and then uh. Yeah, I guess Lewis Potter and four up front. But it'll probably be a 4-3-3. And I really don't know who's, who is going to choose at right back. It might be Longman. It might be Bernard, I think. Uh, and it might be Elder. But um, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, really.
2: Did he put yeah. Alfie Jones on in like a left-back role? Or did he switch to a 3-5-2 against Sheffield United? Where did Alfie Jones play against Sheffield United? He
3: was, he was well, Slater <laughs> came off, didn't he? So yeah. he had been the did defensive Did he go in midfield leader. along Smallwood, yeah? Yeah, he was midfield.
0: Just just do the old Mike bassett Just just do what you
2: want. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I actually think Alfie Jones is far better as a defensive midfielder than he is a centre-half. Yeah, probably.
3: That's yeah. where he played for Gillingham, mostly. Got before midfield, time, we got yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, he did. Gillingham fans loved him in that role. Um, and I think... Um, that run of form that saw us win the title last season was him in that role, playing that role. It was when he got injured, you know, got to panic stations, but then Slater stepped in. So, you know, you, we, we're pretty much covered in that in that situation. But, yeah, he's definitely going to count as a centre-half for the amount of midfielders we've got this season. Yeah, who
0: plays right back then? And I think if I'm going with my head and heart, I'd like to see Bernard play there, but I just have a feeling he might put Elder and, and Nixon on the bench. I don't know.
2: I mean, to be fair... Um, Carl Mulder gets a lot of stick from, from this fan base. Um, I think he actually played really well as right back. Yeah, he, I mean, he did okay when I saw him come on. Um, I thought, oh, no, we're going to be so exposed on that side. No. Um, I, I really don't like having, um, you know, the wrong foot on that side of the pitch. I mean, Josh Emmanuel, first game of the season against Preston, I think struggled because they know you're going to force you inside, but he, I think, he played really, really well, and I think he could probably stamp some sort of claim to starting right back. And I wouldn't be too displeased with it because he didn't really do anything wrong, did he? So, yeah, I would I would probably start Elder there. If 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 he's looking at putting a natural footer, he's got to either bring up a youngster um, or he's got to, for me, it would be Bernard because in terms of um, being a progressive uh, defensive choice for that side, but also having some sort of offensive cap- capability, then, then Bernard would fit that bill. But I think he'll, I personally think he'll keep Elder there.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'd like to see, again, of Maness. You want to, if he's fit, maybe get a run out in the last 20 and maybe use him in the next two games. But I think it'll probably be very much the same side at this moment in time, apart from obviously Coyle, who's missing probably the next month. And again, it's getting that balance, isn't it? And we'll wait and see. I mean, I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think there'll be a few goals. I don't think it'll be a nil-nil. I'm going to say... I want to say one-one, um, but you never know. Do you, at this moment in time, I take one-one. Nathaniel, what are you having on Saturday before we finish up? Uh,
3: I'm not really sure. I think um, I think we were a little bit lucky against Sheffield United not to lose. Really, even yeah. though we did we did play well. Um, so I think, although QPR in bad form, I think they'll have uh, just a bit too much. So I might go like a, a close one 0 like against Fulham.
2: Yeah. Um. What's the score, buddy? See, I was going to say a 1-1, one, one, but then you said it. So I changed to a 1-0, but then Nathaniel said it. So now I've got to make another one up. Six for <laughs> I'm going to go for an entertaining 2-2. Two, two. Mm. Nice. 2-2. Mm.
0: Two, two. Well, I think let's we're going to go up. in
2: front twice and they'll peg us back twice.
0: A a chair misses a sitter from the (laughs) nant. That's worse than yours, Nathaniel. I'm leaving it on that because no one will be listening now after mine. And your attempt to be a comedian. (laughs) But lads, it's been great to speak to you. I love doing these again. And hopefully we can be on next week with a positive result of QPR building up to them two massive games in the next seven days. So from me, Joe, Nathaniel and Ant, remember to check out our sponsors, Candy King and Six Yards Out look at our podcast charity shirt that's designed by s66 sportswear follow them on twitter get pre-ordering now and seven pound fifty goes to Andy Man's cover we've, and we've raised
2: 112 pounds 50 so far through the shirt sales brilliant um, obviously that's the first batch of sales that went through and got processed if you've ordered from you know the last three weeks or so it will be in the second batch, so that total will go up again uh so if you can just obviously keep giving because you know the, the way that Andy, andy's man club does is is just phenomenal and we all know mates that, that struggle from time to time. So if that, you know, support network's available and we can use our platform to support that then and also provide you with a quite
0: nice looking shirt, then, you know, everybody wins, don't they? They absolutely do. Well done, mate. Well said. And obviously subscribe to our newsletter today if you're watching on YouTube. Watch the link below. And if not, follow us on Linktree and it's on Get Review. And our profile is obviously hull underscore and underscore back. So thanks, guys, for listening. Remember to retweet, share the hullaback podcast. We'll be back with weekly episodes. Lads, I will speak to you very soon. Up the Tigers. Cheers, mate. Thank you.